Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. February 21st, 2016, and it's our Sunday brunch show. It's 11 a.m. as opposed to 6 p.m. Uh, East uh, East Coast time. Why did I say East Coast? West Coast time. I don't know. <laughs> it's because our numbers from the East Coast. But as always, yes, New York. Yeah, New York. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Robert Thiel. Bob, how's it going today? Good, good. I, it's going really well. You know, it's uh, in the 60s right now down in Los Angeles. So, yes, before you say it, yes, I know I suck. Uh, <laughs> it was funny the way you opened the show. You opened the show with Hey, Hey, Hey. And after that, I was expecting you to say Fat Albert. Fat Albert. Hey, 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 hey. It's Fat Albert. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I would have done that, I would have heard something. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, anyhow. Um, but. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, some of these uh, movies they've got coming out or that have been out for a long time, you don't know what the the writers were on when they were coming up with these titles. Some of them are pretty mean? funny. Huh. Like uh, Little Fockers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meet the Fockers, right? Meet the Fockers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet the Fockers. <laughs> Uh, but then there's a new one out. I don't know if you've got it up there yet, but it's coming out with Tina Fey. They say the title phonetically, like you would in aeronautical terms, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. W-T-F. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, that doesn't, that doesn't like, give any indication about what the movie's about, but that's okay. <laughs> no, not at all, because the first scene in the preview... Tina Fey is on a, a, a chat with her boyfriend or husband or whatever he is. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like on FaceTime. And there's a girl. He's in his bedroom and there's a girl walking behind him. Weird. So you know what WTF means. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, know. I mean, now, I, yeah, huh. it's that's weird. I, I was just I was just gonna say that I think you know like producers are probably just seeing how far they can push it to the edge without you know without the censor police coming out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, I had shared with you this week a restaurant in Hollywood that has a con a major connotation to it, even though it's a place for waves. Right. So mm-hmm. last night, and I shared some of these with you. I was looking, I thought it was funny. So I was Googling online in a funny and inappropriate business names. Okay. <laughs> Everyone on there, I cannot share with you. <laughs> None of them can I share on the air because they were just so inappropriate. I mean, you've got to admit that. That first one I sent you, you busted a gut, but I couldn't share that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm... <laughs> And you know how inappropriate I am. 
And even I have a hard time with that. Uh, so Sifu Bob sent me a picture of uh, of a business name. It was like the, a picture of the sign. And I and <laughs> it took me by surprise, Bob, because it had nothing to do with what we were talking about prior via text. And I texted him back with, you know, you got to be effing kidding. <laughs> you know? It was so funny. <laughs> oh, Lord. But anyway, but was, I mean. But, but now we can talk about advertising a little bit. I was watching a, sh- a t- uh, program this morning. I was watching Golden Girls. This program is like 30 years old. And they had a commercial on, and the whole premise was this guy was pregnant, right? Had a pregnant right. belly. His wife was rubbing his belly. So he goes into the bathroom, comes out, and he's all thin. Then the tagline on it, you know, we thought we were, he was having a baby because he, he grabbed his wife's arm. He was run, running somewhere. So he comes out of the bathroom all thin, and the tagline was, what was it? If, if you're constipated, try more fiber. That was the whole premise of this guy being pregnant. <laughs> and then when I was in college, they had us, now this is when we had VCRs, they wanted us to record a commercial because it was a marketing class. Yeah. Well, this commercial started out with these beautiful women in lingerie and real sexy, and it, it goes in the back, it was a Whirlpool commercial. For their washer and dryer. <laughs> and, and, One and, has and, nothing to do with the other. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's like I, I think producers do push the envelope a little bit, um, and that's yep. cool. I mean, it gets it gets people's attention. However, you go to Japan, and you know the 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 advertisements and the game shows and stuff are just chock full of of like inappropriate like type stuff and like sexy women and. Like game, just inappropriate game shows. I'm just like watching TV over there, going, "What the hell?" <laughs> I know. I understand. I understand. Like, like a Vanna White equivalent over in Japan would be naked. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, the the um, certain certain game shows would have like certain parts covered for parts of the game show, but there are people live on stage messing around with junk and stuff like that you know and it's like are you serious oh my gosh anyway callers our number here is 347-677-0699 and it is open floor night however me and sifu bob have a couple of subjects that we want to kind of delve into to kind of open the discussion and um, some of the subjects that we want to cover are should martial arts or self-defense be taught to public school children in public school curriculums? And if so, what age should they start? Um, And another subject is, why do some people think that just because they're a martial artist that they'll automatically be hired as a Hollywood stuntman or an action actor? And why do some people think that martial arts instructors should teach for free or for low pay? Why do some undervalue what their kids are learning in the martial arts? Um, Anyhow, so we're going to be talking about stuff like that a little bit later on after our first segment. So don't go away and uh, join the conversation. Give us a call. All right. So let's uh, let's get the show started. Let's uh, find out who we've got for birthdays. Who do you have for birthdays there, Sifu Bob? Birthdays. I have, <coughs> I have Jake Giddy Instructor, Sifu Tim Tackett, mm-hmm. longtime martial artist, uh, 
co and I have a co-founder of the Black Karate Federation, Donnie Williams. His birthday is on mm-hmm. the twenty-second. Grandmaster Mike De Pasquale Jr. His birthday is also on the twenty-second. A past guest of the show, Robert Goldman, which holds twenty strength records in the Guinness Book of World Records. His birthday is on the twenty-third. A dear friend of the show that has been on the show prior, Jocelyn Liu, her birthday is on the 25th. And who do you have? I've only got one person um, with a birthday this week. I want to send a shout-out out there to my Dose Potter's brother, Bobby Edmonds. His birthday is also on the 25th. So for everybody out there having a birthday the week of February 21st through the 27th, listen up. This song's for you. almost over you know almost two months into the year already just it just flew by i know um right yep um i just want to remind our i just want to remind our listeners out there that if you call in uh, a lot of people call in just to listen to the show and that's great however if you want to uh talk live with us make sure you press one however we're going to open the phone lines um for discussion in about 15 minutes or so. So please hang tight. Don't hang up. I see we've got some people there already online. Wow, it must be important <laughs> because they just pressed one. I'm going to go ahead and answer the call and see what happens. Uh, but um, after this call, folks, please hang on um, until the discussion actually starts at 6.30 or 6.30, 11.30. I keep thinking it's night. It's our Sunday brunch show. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open this call here real quick just to see what's going on. Area code 914. You're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Hey, how are you guys? My name is Anthony, and I'm just a big fan of you guys, and I just want to call and just thank you for the inspiring shows you have, the the sense of humor you guys bring. It's just it's just absolutely amazing. I've been listening for about seven months now, and it's just it's epic, epic as a martial artist. There's just no bullshit. It's, it gets right to my heart, and I just I think you guys are phenomenal. Oh my gosh, Anthony! Thank you wow, so much. Wow, dude, I don't, I don't know what to say to that, man. That, that I know. thank you. I know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was like, well, birthday is uh, tomorrow, so I appreciate you wishing me a happy birthday. And I've been, I'm going to be 42, and I've been training since I'm eight. And hearing you guys, it is just a testament that the key for martial arts is just a sense of humor and how real you guys are. I mean, honestly, I. You guys really are just, you're a keeper of the flame of what, what's righteous in martial arts, really. And I just want to commend you guys. You do a hell of a job. Oh, my gosh, Anthony. I'm wow. Like, wow. I'm crying over here. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, yeah, Anthony, man. who? Do we, have you, do we have you as a friend on our Facebook pages? Nah, I don't, I don't have Facebook. I'm, I'm like, you know, off the grid as far as that. I just I oh. like podcasts and stuff like that, but... 
I mean, religiously, I listen to it, and uh, it's just it's just great stuff, honestly. That one show you guys did a while, a couple weeks ago, with the martial artist who was a police officer, he was a bouncer, security. Oh, yeah. Was Ray yeah. Yeah. Ray that Ray was yeah. probably the realest stuff I've ever heard of breaking right? down martial arts as from a warrior's perspective, and I mean, honestly, that, I mean, I have listened to that show at least six or seven times. Wow, right on. Yeah, I mean, Greg Woolridge has been a, a repeat guest on our show because of the realism that he brings into the martial arts. I mean, there's no bullshit. There's no cutting the corners. There's no, like, he, he's a real deal because he's lived it, right? I mean, he's a policeman. He's a, you know, executive protection specialist. And he's a martial artist. He's a teacher. And, it's you know, we love him to death. And that's why we bring him on the show a lot. And uh, you'll be hearing more from him in the future, man. <laughs> Don't worry. I, it's yeah. great. And, and thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And honestly, it inspires me. Because sometimes, you know, across, uh, you know, through the journey of martial arts, you meet a lot of knuckleheads and, and, and like, just right. posers. And you guys are just it's reassuring. Because sometimes you feel alone. Like, in your little town where you train, it's like, these guys suck. They're phonies. They're not real. They have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And you feel like it's kind of like, man, is, am, I, am I the only one out here? And then for me to hear you guys, it's like, no, I'm, I'm right to do what I think and to train and be righteous and just, you know, be a good person. And, and martial arts is about self-defense and helping people. So it really is cool. Right on. Thank you so much for your feedback, man. Right on. Well, cool. Well, you know and what? happy birthday, Anthony. And happy Thank birthday. You. 42, you, you said? Yes, yep, 42. Well, right on. Well, you get a call. my wife because my head won't fit through the door. <laughs> <laughs> he said some really nice things. I know. And you know, I, I yeah, really wasn't Oh, my God. That. Oh, my gosh. No. I know, yeah. That's <laughs> so cool. Thank you so much, Anthony. And, Thank and, you. And, uh, you know, yes. Bob and I do want to extend our thanks to all of our loyal listeners out there that have been listening since we aired in 2012. And, uh, Geez, this is going to be our fourth year. Did I did I get that right? Yeah, it's going to be our yeah fourth year already, and uh, it's going to be great. And uh, I'm looking forward to the fifth year anniversary. That's uh, that's a milestone, and we're gonna I'm gonna see about planning something to really celebrate big uh, with the uh, Dynamic Dojo staff. And you know, it's um we we've got a lot of great things going on this year, folks. Um, I know this is kind of uh, off the subject. Uh, we'll get to the show, I promise. Um, I mean, we just uh, um, on um, in January, uh, you know, Kathy Long had had volunteered to become a regular guest or co-host every three months. So we're going to consider her a guest co-host. 
Um, and we've got like the whole bunch of a whole bunch of people that are, are writing us and and asking us to do certain subjects or to bring certain guests on and stuff like that. Um, the only thing is, folks, if you Facebook emailed me with suggestions for guests, um, please be patient because I have to literally filter through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages to and read each one of them to kind of, you know, uh, what's the word, skim through each message to to see if you were writing for a guest. So it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, it's going to take a while. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But if any of you want uh, want to suggest a uh, a subject, it's better to write us via email. Just uh, pull out your pencils and write this down, folks. Dynamic Dojo Radio Host at Gmail dot com. Um, if you Facebook email me on my personal profile page, there's there's a chance I might skip it or might not get it or I'll lose it. So <laughs> I already have to go through hundreds of messages because I know there were at least five people that suggested guests over the last two months. And I just kind of go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll put that on my list. And, you know, of course, I write it down somewhere and then I take out the recycling and, you know. <laughs> and it's gone, right, exactly. And it's gone, and it's gone. And now I have to go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages. So um, just email us. That'll be the best bet. Anyhow. Okay, so happy oh, birthday. Oh, but I do want to say this. I do want to say this. She's making it sound bigger than this. She's really not that popular. Not, not many people really like Rusty. So don't take heart to that. Yeah. <laughs> don't. <laughs> did, did, did you hear the sarcasm in her voice when she's like, yeah. yeah. Don't. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to know what she just called me over text, though. <laughs> Oh, man, you're, they heard me typing. I, I just realized that. I know, um, right? Uh, you know, no, I mean, but I do want to bring up, it was really funny this week, Rusty. Somebody asked me a question. I meant to bring it up earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you read a lot? And I said, well, no, I really don't have time to read a lot. I do a little reading, but not a lot. And she says, because nobody can do a talk radio show without reading. And I had to explain to her, I said, it's not reading, it's observing. Right, right. You know, we come up with our bits because my family does some funny shit. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. know, the, the, the signs I saw, the Hollywood sign that I saw of that restaurant cracked me up, and I had to share it. Things like of that. Of course. I mean, you know? there'll, be times, there'll be times, folks, where, like, if I'm in Burbank and, and we're driving around, there'll be times, like, we'll see something, and then we'd be like, gosh, you know, we need to mention that on the show. And, you know, so we get our ideas like that. Or, you know, if somebody says something or, you know, if we visit someplace and some weird, weird uh, situation happens or whatever, we put that into our weekly shows. And no joke, you know, and it's (laughs) the only things that we read are news related. And that's it. Everything else is you know, sort of off the cuff. I mean, you know, we do have we do have uh, memory joggers that we send each other and stuff like that. But as far as you know, what we ask our guests and stuff like that, you know, ninety eight percent of the time the questions come off the cuff because we observe the conversation as we go. Um, and I think that's that, so and you're exactly right because how many times have they answered a question answering another question? Right. 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 You know, and it's a, it's, it's a, 
and we prefer not to send questions to our guests. Some pl- some places will say, okay, you know, here, check your email. We're going to send you some questions so you know what to expect. We prefer not to do that mainly because we like the informal um, kind of like impromptu answers that we get from people. And we, you know, and we're all for like if somebody slips and says shit or something like that. Hey, we're all human, right? It's, you know, we're not here to like try and be perfect and stuff like that. And, and besides we're informal, right. you know, we might not get, you know, syndicated like big time on uh you know, big radio stations, but wouldn't that be cool? But you know, we do it for the fun and you know, we like all, we like all the guests that we have on and uh, end up being really good friends with them all. So, Hey, you know, <laughs> we have fun. Exactly, exactly. Now, I did the biggest mistake I ever did Uh for the show was to send a uh, a guest his questions, and that was Leo Fong. Because I figured, okay, you know, maybe I should out of respect. Here's what we're going to ask you, and he answered all of them in five minutes. Yeah, and we were like, uh, remember? Yeah, I remember. We're like texting (laughs) each other, going, "Holy crap!" What do we do now? <laughs> yeah, what do we do? We answered them all. Oh my god! And I don't, I don't know how we did it, but we managed to get through, you know, the whole ninety minutes of uh, yeah. of discussion. So I, I, I really, I, re- I can't tell you folks how we do it, but we do. We just kind of like go off of each other's like inflections and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I can't tell you how we do it because we don't know. We don't know. We don't. <laughs> we have no we idea. We just do it. <laughs> And, you know, and it should be the same way with martial arts, right? You know, you're not going to plan how you're going to defend yourself. You just kind of observe and go with the flow. And that's, I'd like to think that. But I do have to say, though, there was one show that you weren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody saw I was struggling, and all of a sudden I had like five callers. Aww. They, they, <laughs> Thanks, it was folks. Tony Collins, Patrick McDaniel, Lady Reed, David Reed. They all came in and had my back. Right on, right on. See, and you know that's why we we love our listeners and and have people like that as guest co-hosts. Sometimes, you know, um, it's kind of like you know when um, uh, and this is kind of a shout out for Hanshi Dan's um, show, Kicking It Old School. Do you know if he's gonna be doing that again this season, his radio show? He's supposed to, but it's only <laughs> the local. It's the college radio station. Where, where right. he uh, is the, the head of captain safety, and oh, okay. uh, and they only have one phone line. Remember, you and I called in his first show la- uh, last year, and we couldn't do it. We couldn't both call in. Oh right, right, right. That's right. I I, I forgot. But um, it's a shout out to his show, Kicking It Old School, which usually starts airing at a, in like March, in in readiness for the Masters Hall of Fame. Um, that kind right. of that kind of thing, but you know, um, a lot of times, you know, uh, Sifu Bob and I are kind of his go-tos when when his guests like bag out or unfortunately can't yeah. make out uh, can't get out to the show. Uh, all of a sudden, I'll get a phone call, and I'll you know, and then a message says, "Call me." <laughs> you know, my guest reneged, and I'm like, "Oh, I can't. I'm at work," and you know, and you know, he used to call you a lot, uh, but now you're at work, so it's kind of like, "Oh my gosh." So, but, you know, that's why we love our listeners. You know, sometimes you have those go-to emergency guest co-hosts that will have your back. So, thank you, listeners. That's right. And I, re- love you. I remember it. Oh, it's the funniest thing. Dan texted me like 10 minutes before his show, all panicked. 
And I said, no problem, I've got you. She said, right. okay, I'm going to have my producer call you. I said, great. And her producer calls me, says, yeah, I'm calling you, kicking it from old school. You're supposed to be on the show today. And I, and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God, it was so funny. And then Dan said, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, well, shout out to Hanshi Dan and his show, Kicking It Old School. Um, so uh, keep uh, keep some uh, keep your eyes out for that, folks, because uh, we're going to try to syndicate that through our channel as well um, this year. Now, speaking of Hanshi Dan and the Masters Hall of Fame, you want to talk a little bit about this year's events for the Masters Hall of Fame? Yes, but I don't have dates. I know they're they're both in June. Yeah. We've got one I in think Texas, in San Antonio, yeah. and one in Cincinnati. Well, I've got the info. Um, okay. June fourth, there's gonna there's gonna be two Masters Hall of Fame events this year, everybody. Um, one is June fourth in San Antonio, Texas, and it's gonna be held at the Hilton San Antonio Airport. Um, and uh, as always, the event is going to feature not only the awards ceremony, not only the banquet banquet, but also um, the special red carpet photo ops and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if he's going to have a, like a social hour before or after, like he normally does it. It always ends up that way that there's an after party in the bar somewhere. So, um, right. I guess you can bet on that. Um, but the keynote speaker at the June 4th San Antonio event is going to be none other than Han Chief Frank Dukes. Um, so he'll be our keynote speaker there. And, uh, Bob and I are going to be attending that one. Because we can't afford to attend both. <laughs> so we're going right. to be in Texas June 4th. Um, and then there's another one on the 18th. Let me click over to the other one here. Um, come on. Oh, duh. here we go. <clears throat> the 18th of June in Columbus, Ohio, at the Sheraton Columbus Hotel at Capitol Square. And the keynote speaker there is... Uh, going to be none none other than Alan Goldberg, Sifu Alan Goldberg. Now, he is, for those of you that aren't familiar with him, he is the host and CEO of Action Martial Arts Magazine. Um, and uh, he also holds the one of the biggest awards slash conventions slash seminar slash trade show events in the United States if not the world. He holds this event yearly in Atlantic City, and it's called Action Martial Arts Weekend, or something like that. Am I correct? That's right, yes. Yeah, the Action Martial Arts Weekend. And it's incredible. We're talking like thousands upon thousands of people converge on Atlantic City every year for this event. It's it's crazy. And uh, his last one was just this past January, and Bob couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. But one of these days, we're going to make it. So <laughs> please keep us in yes. mind there, Sue Goldberg. Um, so he's going to be speaking there at the Masters Hall of Fame in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. So two, two events this year. Why? Because our CEO uh, thinks that, you know, our event – has en- has enough potential nominees to warrant two events. One a 
little bit kind of like in the midline, you know, so it's kind of accessible to East Coast and West Coast. And then there's Ohio, which is well, which is still the Midwest. Right. Um, but That's people right. can choose which one they can go to depending on the date. Now, listeners, we're doing something different this year. Uh, normally, it's the ambassadors only or the board of directors of the Masters Hall of Fame that can nominate people. However, Hanshi Dan is doing something different, and he is allowing the general martial arts community to nominate people. So if you have somebody that you feel would be a great potential inductee into the Masters Hall of Fame, please email either me or Sifu Robert Deal um, on Facebook, okay, because we're not going to lose those emails if you say, hey, can you know, I'd like to nominate so-and-so. Um, or you can email us at dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com, and we will do the vetting, and we will do the paperwork necessary to get that nomination in. Now, here's a couple things, though, okay? because there's been some confusion on this in the past. All nominees have to be over 35 years old, no exception. Um, so, you know, I'd really, I'd really like for anyone, if you, um, if you send in names for nominees, make sure they're over 35. And we're also going to need their style, uh, the number of years that, that they've been practicing, if you know that. Um, and any contact info you might have, for example, a Facebook page or an email address or a website, uh, we're going to need all that kind of information to get the ball rolling on like, on your nominees. And uh, when we make our um, announcements um, for those nominees, we'll go ahead and uh, also mention uh, you as a person that suggested them as a nominee. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty cool. So. Anyway, dynamic dojo radio host at gmail.com. Now, remember, right. and I've got to put this out there, that they have to attend the event or that's right. send somebody as a proxy. They can't mm-hmm. just accept the award and that's it. They have to attend one of the other events. And, well, of course, we also need their address, their phone number, uh, that sort of thing, uh, and which event yeah, they're which closer event? to they would like to attend. Thank, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I forgot to mention that. But, yeah, definitely, um, you know, they have to attend. We're, you know, the main, the main thing about the Masters Hall of Fame is that we prefer not to have our, our organization just, you know, give out nominations and then, you know, get the, the, the nomination slash banquet fee, um, you know, and, and then just, like, mail out an award. I mean, where's the – Where's the the fun in that? Where's the experience, right? I mean, mail order Hall of Fame? Hell no, that's not who we are. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you got mail order black belts and stuff like that, but we are not a mail order, you know, recognition thing. I mean, you know, there's a reason why we want the nominees to come in. We want your your nominating ambassador to personally greet you and. Uh, and your your nominating ambassador will sit with you or near you and get to know you a little bit better and present the award to you personally, as well as Hanshi Dan Heck. So, you know, it, it's a fun event. 
a formal and fun event. It's great. You get to meet a lot of great martial arts celebrities and, and personalities, as well as other martial artists that do the same thing you do. So, you know, come on out to accept your award. <laughs> Besides, you know, I mean, you know, we've, uh, I'm sure in the past we've had, I don't know, I've only been on the board of directors only for like <clears throat> a year. So it's like, I'm sure in the past there have been people that said, well, I can't make it to the award ceremony, so do I have to pay the $150 fee? Uh, Yeah, you know, because this costs money to put on, you know. Hanshi Dan takes it uh, takes it to a, a, to a level where he chooses, like, the best food. He actually goes to taste tests for the food that is to be made for each event. Um, and uh, that's why he chooses certain hotels. He doesn't just choose, you know, like the Holiday Inn down the road with the buffet. <laughs> he actually gets, you know, hand-picked dishes, you know, for the banquet and stuff like that. That's how much he values this organization, um, and that's how much he values all the nominees and the inductees. And, you know, many times, I mean, Bob Bob and I have been there when he's literally pulled thousands of dollars out of his pocket to pay because somehow, you know, they're running short unexpected you know expenses for like the food or we have to add more tables which is more food and stuff like that literally having to pull out thousands more dollars and he's freaking out how am I gonna how am I gonna pay this back on my credit card you know stuff like that but he does it he does it because of the organization folks so you know when you send in your nominations please you know make sure that they can attend make sure they're over 35 and make sure that they're someone that you value as a martial artist that has made, you know, substantial um, con- contributions to their community. And we value your opinion. So give us an email or find us on Facebook. Okay. So I think that's our announcement. Any more announcements on your end there, buddy? Nope. All that's right. It. Well, cool. Well, I, uh, I actually was going to say that I don't have any health news, but I actually, I do because I'm feeling it. <laughs> okay. Um, this comes straight out of NBC news and, uh, oh, I got to do our health news thing. Let me do the health news stinger here. Oh, here we go. Ta-da! All right. So according to NBC news, more than a third of Americans aren't getting enough sleep, <laughs> and which does put themselves at risk of obesity, heart disease, and other issues that federal researchers said uh, this past Thursday. The findings also suggest that more Americans need to learn healthy sleep habits, like going to bed at regular times and turning off televisions and other electronic devices, the team at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said. Quote, unquote, As a nation, we are not getting enough sleep, says Dr. Wayne Giles, director of CDC's Division of Population Health. He says, lifestyle changes such as going to bed at the same time each night, rising at the same time each morning, or turning off or removing televisions, computers, mobile devices, etc. from the bedroom can greatly help people get the healthy sleep they need. Now, CDC experts looked at health surveys covering more than 400,000 Americans. They were asked, Well, how many hours of sleep do you get every night, among other questions? On the average, only 65% they got seven hours of sleep or more a night. Now, 
According to uh, the CDC team, sleeping less than seven hours per night is associated with increased risk for obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, coronary heart disease, stroke, frequent mental distress, and an all-cause mortality. People in Hawaii are most likely to burn the candle on both ends, with just 56% of residents reporting an average of seven hours a night or more. People from South Dakota have the best sleep record, however. 72% of people there in South Dakota said they sleep plenty. (laughs) And um, let's see, sleep may be also tied to economic conditions. Go figure. Um, It's theorized that people in the southeast and Appalachian regions report, report the least sleep on average. Previous studies have shown that these regions also have the highest prevalence of obesity and other chronic conditions. Now, people who reported that they were unable to work or were unemployed had lower healthy sleep duration, uh, 51% and 60% respectively among those groups, than did employed respondents, 65%. The prevalence of healthy sleep duration was highest among people with a college degree or higher. Gosh, I wonder if that's why I only get like maybe about six to seven hours of sleep. (laughs) I never graduated from college. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and I did graduate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, I took like college courses and I got certification in those college cor- courses, but I never got like a, a bachelor's degree or a master's or anything like that. But anyhow, um, employers can consider adjusting work schedules to allow their workers time to get enough sleep, the CDC said. Employers can also educate their shift workers on how to improve their sleep. Now, the artificial lights in computer and television screens are a well-documented cause of insomnia. And the CDC says there's no real proven sleep aid, even though nearly 9 million Americans say they take sleeping pills. Actually, you know, booze will make you pass out, mainly because it dulls your senses, but Right. When you do sleep, you are not in a deep sleep. You're always going to be in a light sleep, that kind of thing. So you're not really getting that restful sleep because your body. Then you're not drinking enough. Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) then if you're. Well, even then. I mean, you know, I've had to do studies on that mainly because. No, seriously. I had to do studies on that when I was in community college because. because well one I had to do I had to do first aid to get you know, to get my certification um to teach martial arts for a community center but you know I had a friend at the time that got a deferred sentence for drunk driving and stuff like that and she 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 said I don't remember I just blocked out and I went what the hell you know so I actually you know I had to study a little bit about the effects of alcohol um that yeah it does mm. it does make you pass out and it makes you go unconscious but your body doesn't actually get restful sleep um you know that's why you know alcoholics are just so in bad health to begin with on top of the fact that they're ruining their liver <laughs> but, anyway so get try to get more sleep folks you know sleeping pills eh you know i mean there there there's a caveat to that because you know just like uh, it's kind of like nasal spray you start taking them, you get used to them, and you're going to have to take more and more and more for it to be effective. So, you know, be careful, you know. And I don't know, what do you think about the so-called natural sleep aids, you know, like chamomile tea, 
and stuff like that. I think they just make you more relaxed so you can go to sleep. I don't even really think it put you to sleep. What do you think? I think you're right. Anything like that, uh, herbs, chamomile tea, so forth, it just relaxes you, which is which isn't a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. Yeah, it's a good Relax. thing. It, it doesn't make you sleep, but it yeah. helps you. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder, though, what the hell is in those sleeping pills to knock you out like that? But anyway. <laughs> All right, so that's my health news for the week. Booze. <laughs> Weird news. Bob's Weird News. All right. What do we got? Well, this is sort of out of Oregon and it's out of Utah. Could you imagine opening up a can of green beans to feed your family and find a severed snake's head in the can? Oh, my God. Severed. (laughs) Cut off. Well, that sucks. (laughs) So, an, an Oregon food distributing company has has halted some shipments of canned green beans after a Utah woman said she found a severed snake head in the can. Oh my the unsettling discovery was made Wednesday night at a Mormon church. Go figure, Mormon church in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Farmington, Utah, while women and youth were preparing a meal for older members of the congregation. Troy Walker said she was taking green beans out of the slow cooker when she spotted something odd. It looked pretty much like a burnt bean, and then I got closer to lift it off with the spoon. I saw eyes, Walker said. Then that that's when I, I dropped it and screamed. <laughs> now, the yeah. funny thing I find out about this, Rusty, is that she never found the head in the can. She found it in the cooker. Right. Does that mean it was in the can? Or or maybe it was already in the cooker, in the pot, and nobody noticed it. Yeah, but where's the rest of the snake? <laughs> uh, it part, it's a part of a, it's part of mulch right now. Oh. Somebody's going to run over with a lawnmower, right, and oh cut the head God. off. Yeah, so right. so this story, really, you don't know what really happened. Where did the right. snake come from? Uh-huh. So Chrissy Smith also was cooking that evening and told the Associated Press it was a very small snake that had clearly been cut up. After the kids all came to see it, they threw out several other large pots of string beans that were also cooking before looking inside. Wow. Who knows what the other parts of that, who knows, in fact, this brings up your question. Oh. Who knows <laughs> where the other parts of that snake were? Uh. Walker said she took the snake head and emptied, uh, and emptied, what? Oh, I, you know, you, when you read something, it makes like no sense. Right. Uh, but she took it back and, and uh, oh, I get it. Okay, now it makes sense. She took the snake head and the empty can back to the grocery store where she bought the food. She took okay. a picture of the snake's head to send to Western Family, an Oregon-based oh my food God. distribution company. <laughs> oh, oh I take it you know this company. Western Family is a, is 
is kind of like the house uh, the house brand in, in a way uh, of a lot of uh, smaller grocery stores here in, in Seattle. Like um, uh, when we had IGA-based stores and stuff, it, everything was Western family. We had Western family corn. We had Western family green beans. We had Western family pork and beans. And, you know, Western family, you, you name it, we had it in my cupboard. Uh, but now we have Winco everything, but which, which I don't know. I don't know if, if Winco is its own, uh, own brand or if it's a subsidiary of Western family, I don't know, but yeah, Western family. Could, or is they, that, could, they, could have bought Western family? Uh, who knows? I mean, it's, Winco's a, it's also a, a supermarket, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a, like a big box, like supermarket type thing, but yeah, it's a primarily oh, okay. a Northwest. It's a Northwest, uh, uh company that, it's uh you know Oregon, Idaho, Washington, that kind of thing. It's kind of it's yeah, it serves primarily the Northwest. Mm. So, uh there's a lot more to this story, but I think we get the gist of it. Wow. She found a snakehead in her green beans and freaked out. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, you know, I mean, I've heard of stuff like, you know, people finding like you know, fingertips in their tacos or something like that, you know, and it kind of makes you wonder what, the, you know, what do people, you know, I'm sorry. If you like cut your hand, you know, in the, in the meat grinder, if you're like making ground beef or something like that, if you cut the tip of your thumb off and you're like, going, ah, I gotta go to the hospital, you know, at some point, wouldn't you think, did part of that actually fall in the ground beef? I mean, don't people think You would think that? so, right? I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, all right. <laughs> that sucks, though, man. That really sucks. Anyway, entertainment news. And hang tight, people. After the entertainment news, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to start talking about some of the open discussion topics that we have. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Give us a call here in a little bit. All right. What do you got for entertainment news? Okay, well... This guy is pretty sick. Remember the front man for Subway, Jared Vogel, who lost right. all that weight and they just kept it on? Right. Well, he decided, because I guess they found kitty porn, and, you know, the guy's a sick individual. Mm-hmm. And he's decided, as any criminal would, that he doesn't like the judge's decision. So he's fighting it. He got 15 years in state prison for what he did. Yeah, which you should do. Well, there's an argument for that. Uh, Jared Vogel is challenging the judge who sentenced him to more than 15 years in prison, arguing that the judge is punishing him in part for his fantasies, and fantasies are not a crime. Vogel's lawyers are appealing the sentence on several grounds, claiming the judge had no right to exceed the maximum sentencing guideline of around 13 years. Give me a freaking break. Are you serious? He's, he's, he's arguing that he shouldn't get 15 years. Please. It's illegal. It's It's considered illegal under federal law. I'll even pull up the, the laws. Here we go. I, I just pulled it up. Section 2256 of Title 18, United States Code, defines child pornography as any visual depiction of sexual explicit conduct involving a minor, someone under 18. It is illegal contraband under federal law. doesn't mean if you have it in magazine form, 
digital form, computer form, computer history. It's illegal. So anyhow, go ahead. I can't believe he's right. arguing. No, no what problem. A, no, his biggest his argument also is that the judge is actually giving him more than than is allowable. The judge well, gave him over fifteen years, and there's only huh. 13, 13 years allowed. Really? To give it? Yes. Huh. It says the judge has no right to exceed the maximum sentencing guidelines of around thirteen years, and he exceeded uh, that for at least two years. Let's see here. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> uh, sentencing law and policy. Let's see here. Let's see what this says. Anyway, uh, go ahead and read the read the rest of the story, and I'm going to look this up. I can't believe that he's arguing okay. this. The lawyers note that the judge who sentenced Fogel said the defendant the defendant is obsessed with child pornography and having sex with minors. He fantasized about it in telephone conversations. Fogel's attorney. Attorneys say fantasies should not form the basis of a criminal sentence. Oh, they God. Another court decision which says we are we are loath to keep the government the power to punish us for our thoughts and not our actions. <laughs> Except the thing is, if he thought about it without viewing it on a computer, on a magazine form, digital form, whatever that was mm-hmm. confiscated from his house. Right. There wouldn't be a problem because nobody would have known. Right, right, exactly. But he took it, it a step further. Yeah, that's crazy. That's absolutely Now, nuts. according to Fogel's lawyers, the fantasies and requests to third parties were never acted upon by Fogel, yet they were relied on by the judge in imposing the sentence. Fogel was wants the appeals court to give him another sentencing hearing where his actions, not his thoughts, are <sighs> front and center. So so his thing, he's not saying he didn't do anything wrong. He's saying his thoughts are being taken into consideration instead of having this in his house. Right. His phone calls, whatever, because phone calls are phone calls, but he actually, they actually have the evidence of the yeah. of the digital copy of these these sick things uh you know i i i I can't believe that he's merely looking he's calling his obsession fantasies right now this is what i pulled up under federal law receiving child pornography which could mean viewing or downloading a single image triggers a mandatory minimum sentence of five years okay so that's minimum Federal sentencing right. guidelines recommend stiff en- enhancements based on factors that are extremely common, such as using a computer, swapping photos, or possessing more than 600 images. Now, keep in mind that each video counts as 75 images. The maximum penalty is 20 years, and that's under the federal law. Um, however, th- this is just my thinking. I think, you know, like 20 years, you know, I, my question is, why is it that some people, uh, why is it that the sentencing is is maximum 20 years uh, for people that look at kiddie porn, whereas some of the people that actually go out and physically rape children get less time in prison? 
you know, I, I, I don't, I don't wow. see, I don't see the, the, the logic in that, you know, I mean, some stories that I read about, you know, child rapists, they only get like 10 years, you know, and it's like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Uh, like, Rusty, in my opinion, a, a person that does that to any child in any way, shape or form, when she's found guilty, should walk outside the courtroom. They should blindfold him and put him in front of a firing squad. You know, I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think, you know, I'll have to agree with you there. I, I don't know if it's my emotional side talking there. I, I really don't know. I don't know if it's my emotional side or my logical side talking, but my God, you know, if, yeah, because I know if I had a child or if somebody, you know, violated one of my younger students, I would be standing right next to the parents with my own firearm going, where is this guy or girl, whatever, you know, let me at them, but don't shoot him yet. Let me at them empty handed first. (laughs) You know, I, I, I hate to sound so violent about this, but this is, you know, you, uh, or just send, send them to prison for, for 50 years. And let the general population take care of them. I mean, you know what I mean? But because the they will. Because they will. That, that's like taboo. That's, it is. that's like being a cop. It is. But I don't know if I want to be paying for that jerk ass to be getting three meals a day and someplace dry to sleep. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. <laughs> anyhow. Wow. That, that, that went like all weird really quick. That kind of, that kind of depressing. But. You know, Jared, Jared Fogle, you know, that's ridiculous that he's, you know, contesting it. But, you know, I, if he wants to contest it, then great. You know, it, it's up to a court of law at that point. But anyway. All right, folks, let's do this. Let's do a, a short break. And when we come back, we're going to address some of the subjects that uh, that we thought about uh, talking about today. Um, and I think we're going to start with a why do, why do some people think that martial arts instructors should teach for free or low compensation? So don't go away. We'll be right back. Wrong button. Wrong button. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, 
We are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? Or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to Dynamic Dojo Radio Post at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Ristita and Robert. All right, so our phone number here is 347-677-0699. We also have a chat board, which I'm going to pull up here in just a second. So um, if you go to our show link from Facebook, you'll be forwarded to the actual Blog Talk Radio show marquee. So you just want to scroll down a little bit underneath the, uh, the marquee player there. And uh, you'll see a chat board if you have, you know, any questions or you want to add to the conversation without calling in, you can type in your comments and questions there. Uh, But otherwise, give us a call. It's a lot funner to join the conversation. All right. So we want to kind of open up the open dojo floor with with just just something to, you know, wrap your minds around a little bit. Um, And the question is, why do some people think martial arts instructors should only be teaching for free or for low pay. Um, also, why do why do some people, not all, why do some people undervalue what their kids are learning in martial arts? And, uh, you know, what do you guys think martial arts should cost per month? Um, and do you feel that some teachers undervalue or overvalue their own offerings or experience? So, I mean, these are just some things I just kind of want to throw out there. So, Bob... You know, has anyone, have you met anyone that um, that said that, hey, you know, people are complaining about my rates. People think I should be teaching for free. People think that I'm not a real teacher if I teach for money. Have you ever met anyone like that? Dropped Bob. So call back, Bob. Anyhow, <laughs> I'll fill in while he calls back. Um, I personally have been 
one of those teachers that have been told that if I teach for money, that I'm not a true, a true blue martial artist, um, that, you know, that money will, uh, like, change the way I train, it'll change the way I teach. Basically, you know, sometimes people, you know, some people would think that I would turn out being a, a McDojo because I'd get too um, involved with the money. Um, but you know what? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to talk from a personal point of view here. You know, I, I have a studio uh, for two reasons. Number one, I was teaching at a community center. There you are. There's Bob. You just dropped off the face <laughs> of the board there for a second. I did. But I'm going to get back to what I was talking about because, you know, I want to hear from you first. Um, and I'm sure you heard the question, right, before you dropped? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. So have you met anyone or were you one of those people that have been that, that people would say, hey, why are you teaching for money? You should be teaching for free. Well, I was never one of those people because I always taught for free. <laughs> well, yeah. I was always telling this, teaching for Greg, teaching here, teaching there, teaching for Chris Damien. It was, it was always for free. Uh, right. I, you know, if they're if they're asking that, they're in the wrong place. Right, because right. then that, that means that they don't value what they're getting out of the instructor. Right. Uh, now right. you asked one thing about has does the teacher overvalue or undervalue his his credentials? For the most part, they overvalue what they are. Mm-hmm. They never undervalue them. They may be a little humble about their credentials and about their abilities and about their longevity and so forth, but for the most part. Because it's an e- ego-driven, egocentric society, we think we're more valuable than we are. Mhm. Mhm. And we've met go. a lot of those. <laughs> oh yeah. We've met a lot of those. I mean, you know, personally, I've had parents ask me why I'm not charging more. And, uh, you know, I said, oh, well, you know, this has been my fee for, I don't know, since 1994. Because I think that was when I upped my fees. I was only $50 a month for no matter what age you were, no matter what. And I finally upped them in 1994 to like 65, 75, and 85. And um, and I had a, I actually had a parent ask me about six, seven months ago, you know, you should really think about upping your fees. And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know about that, blah, blah, blah. And she said, if you charge low, people are just going to assume that you're not any good. And I'm like, God, you know, I've been doing this for almost 40 years. Well, 40 years. I've been doing this for 40 years. You know, I'd like to think that, you know, I've got the knowledge to be able to teach children. Yeah, you know, we know that. But people out there that that don't have their kids in here um, or don't know anything about martial arts, they don't know that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like buying a car. Do you want to buy a $500 beater car or do you want to, or do people want like a, you know, 10,000, you know, $20,000, you know, luxury car. And I'm like, true, true. You get what you pay for. Um, 
so anyway, so that's why she said, you know, you really should up your rates. Um, but you know, it, it becomes a different story depending on your demographics, <laughs> right? Very true. <laughs> you know, like the the previous studio I was at, it was in an area of town where the median income was about you know twelve to fourteen thousand a year, right? It, you know, a lot of uh, EBT recipients and stuff like that and your know, money's really right. tight and you know because it wasn't my business at the time charging upwards of like 130 to 150 dollars per month for unlimited training that was that was not affordable by anybody in that area unless you drove in from the better parts of town right and where is that school today rusty it's closed gee why is that <laughs> it's closed um you know and well and on top of that there was a boxing gym down the road that was teaching for free they taught anyone under 18 for free you can't compete with free you you got 150 dollars here you got free boxing over there and it's like oh man you know and um i told them we have to concentrate on more students less cost of tuition make it affordable we want the people it's the people it's the crowd coming in that attracts people you know we're not going to attract people with like you know eight people in the adults class um but you know they were adamant you know we're gonna this is what we're gonna charge i'm like oh but i had no say so so real quick i just uh barbara white just posted a picture of bob white eating at pike's market Oh wow! Right on, cool. Yeah, he's they, uh, eating. Yeah. Uh, he's eating cra- uh, crab cocktail at Pike's Place Market. Oh, are they here now? Yeah, it was only posted an hour ago. Oh wow! I wonder what they're doing in Seattle. Oh, maybe a seminar or something. But anyhow, so you know, I, you know, I, I, I was one of those people where people would say you should up your your rate. Because I was I was one of those people where, you know, I don't want to, like, break people's pocketbooks. I just want to teach children and adults. I want to help, you know, women and teen girls learn to defend themselves, blah, blah, blah. should be affordable, blah, 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 right? And, yeah, sure, we got a lot of people when we first opened under the, under the uh, increased rates in 1994. We got a lot of people. We we got like close to 100 people just in the first two months that we were open because, you know, we had a special low rate. But guess what happened? Less than two months later, you know, it was after Christmas, half of those people quit because they figured, well, I didn't invest much, so I'm not going to invest much time. And I got better stuff to do. You know, I paid 100-something dollars for the golf club or something, so I'm going to do that instead. So, you know... I guess money is something that people um, are, you know, kind of pinning value, quote unquote, on. Um, But I mean, now you said that you teach for free. I'm not saying that, you know, people shouldn't volunteer to teach for free. I mean, I do. I do it also. And if you volunteer to teach for free, you know, for the community, then all the power to you. But if you have a business, you know, like I'm running a business. You know, I have to keep the lights on. I have to keep the roof and good, you know, I have to keep the roof over our heads and stuff like that. I have an overhead. 
you know, I have to somehow make that overhead. And uh, that's what tuition is for. However, you know, right now, because I just moved and I'm slowly bringing the student base back up, I have very little take-home pay. Everything goes to the overhead right now, right? That's why I have a day job, you know? Um, And a lot of people will say, well, you should just, you know, buckle down and commit to doing full-time and stuff like that. Yeah, I I see where they're coming from, you know, uh, because I did it for a while. However, if I do not have this job, I don't have savings. If I do not have this day job, I will not be able to pay the rent because, you know, I have just enough people to pay pay about three quarters of the rent. I need that day job to, to make up the difference right now, as well as pay my bills. You know, I mean, everything in the tuition that I collect here is going to rent. (laughs) There's nothing left over for my personal bills. There's nothing left over for my house payment. There's nothing left over for my cell phone, my heat at home, nothing. Right. And it's it's, so I have to keep that job. Um, So personally, do I think I should be compensated for 40 years of training and study and uh, studying to be a teacher. Yes, I do. I'm, but you know, I don't want to be a McDojo and like bilk people out of, out of their money either and make promises I can't keep. It's a, I guess it's just a matter of, you know, if you're a teacher that has an, that, you know, has a loyal following and, you know, you actually run your school on, uh, on, on moral grounds and charge, you know, a, a fair, and reasonable price for your experience and all the power to you. You have a, if you have an overhead, you have a business, you, you gotta, you gotta eat somehow. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my thoughts. On True. That. <laughs> but I, I've, I've had people tell me you should be teaching for free. You know, you're not a true teacher. If you, if you work for money, you know, Buddha never, never taught for money and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm just like, well, <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> but you have, but you have become accustomed to eating, though, right? I have, I, I have become accustomed to eating. Yes, I have. <laughs> you know, and you know, half the time it's people that you know are carrying some quasi, you know, Buddhist bent, but they've never been in a Buddhist temple. These are the types of people right. that tell me this crap. <laughs> Right. It's, it's um, like the people that used to give me parenting advice that don't have any children. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it. Now, um, another question going out there to our listeners and to Bob. Okay, let's speaking of tuition costs monthly, Bob, what do you think would be a fair price for tuition? Now I know it differs from place to place because you got like one day a week, twice a week you know, unlimited training, you got cross training, blah, 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 right? But let's just say in general, if someone comes to class two or three times a week, what would you think would be fair? For I think a fair amount. Uh, now that that does vary in the uh, in the income sector and the demographics. Uh, exactly. Around my area, unlimited training, 135 to 150 a month. Right. The right. lower income, it's 50 to 75, unlimited. Right. Because right. I'm sorry, they're, you know, they're taking up a, a, a three square feet of floor. Yeah. 
Yeah. Give me a break <laughs> on this. On this. Well, one time a month, one time a week, you can pay eighty, but three times a week, you want to come all the time? Three hundred dollars. Right. Screw you. Right. Right. It's uh, but I do, I do believe that it does, it, it does uh, matter on income sectors, and I do believe yes. that you know a good martial arts school should have. For qualified individuals, should have a sliding scale. Should have. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there is there are a couple schools here in Seattle that do have a sliding scale based on income, and these and these schools have like you know eighty five, one hundred, one hundred and fifty people in them. They're and they're still considered small schools, and um, and be, and I think it's because I mean it's one thing if the instructor is willing to work with you, right? I'm willing to work with people, right? You know, oh, you're a single mom. You just moved to Seattle. You want your kids to learn self-defense so they don't get bullied. Okay, great. Uh, you know, I, 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 I hate asking about income because I think in certain, in certain situations it's, it's illegal, I think, in certain situations. So I ask them, can you afford this or that. And if they say yes, then I'll go, okay. So, you know, we'll wheel and deal. Um, but I make it clear that I have expectations for that, for that person or for that student, if it's themselves, you know, um, you know, like help clean the school. Okay. Johnny's going to be in charge of, you know, I don't know, vacuuming, vacuuming the rear floor, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Right. You know, or he's going to be in charge of, you know, erasing the blackboard and washing it every Tuesday and Thursday or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, and if they agree to that, great. We're good. I have a loyal student, right? And they'll hopefully pass that on. Um, but, you know, if if people are going to come in automatically asking for a break, then I, then I kind of have to, you know, put on the put on the blinders right because i'm sorry if you if you come driving in in your mercedes and you're asking me for a break in tuition and you work at microsoft (laughs) and you want to do your prices just went up yeah yeah and you want to do unlimited training you're gonna pay it you know i'm sorry you know i have overhead you know and if you truly want to study then you know you will pay what what the training is worth, and this is the way I look at it, Bob, and I'm sure you look at it too. I've broken too many bones, right? Dislocated too many things, got too many black eyes, too many split lips, went to too many classes, right? To be told, I'm only going to pay you thirty bucks a month, a right. month, right? Right? <laughs> what? You know what? You know I know people that get that get that paid to them an hour, thirty bucks an hour, and you want to give me thirty bucks a month for what I know right. and what I've been through for forty years? Please, you know, and you know I don't want to sound like egotistical, but it's kind of like you know like a you know someone that gets a master's degree in in medicine, you pay that doctor. You know, someone that gets a law degree and has a successful law 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 business, you will pay that lawyer. You know, um, 
you know, martial arts instructors that, that have a commercial school are no different. We just don't have something from a college, you know. I'd like to think that we have real-world experience. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, think about what your 40 years have brought you. Your 40 years have brought you to do a weekly radio show and get crap from your host that tells short jokes. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll deal with that. Okay, <laughs> I'll deal with that. So, yeah, I I think that's fair. You know, uh, in lower income areas, you know, I would say fifty to seventy five, and uh, unlimited. Yeah, I would say you know between seventy five and ninety five for unlimited. I mean, if they've got that kind of you know, that the reason why I say that is because if they've got that kind of time, um, they've either a got a job that will allow for that. Because they're asking for unlimited training, right? Um, and, you know, they can afford it. Or B, you know, maybe right now they're unemployed. And I'm not going to charge them $150, $300 for unlimited training. So it just kind of depends right. on the on the situation, right? Um, right. And, so, yeah. And we'll go, go back to the other school. The other school that you used to train, you used to, to teach at, should have never opened up a school with a median income of fourteen grand a year. Right. Somebody right. was an idiot. Right. Well, you know, here's here's the, here's the thing. You know, a lot of people in the martial arts will get their black belt, get all gung ho, and open up a school with nothing, no students, no nothing. Now, I right. lucked out. I had a I had a very you know good paying job as a supervisor um, in the corporate world, and I had a substantial savings going on, right? I mean I was saving up to, to buy a car, and I knew that eventually I wanted to buy a house and this and that, you know. So back in 1991, you know I was pretty set. You know I could either start a school on my own with no students. Um, and still be okay because I had this great paying job and keep my job. But I looked out. I already had like 30 people to start with because I had a community center class. And when I told them about it, I said, hey, I want to go commercial. We'll have our own space. We'll have our own hours. We get to do what we want to do. We're not at the mercy of the community center. What do you think? They all said, yeah, let's go. Let's do it, right? So they all followed me. Okay, so I had enough money to pay the rent for my first school just with those guys that was it i didn't have to worry about it right Right. i was like oh very Uh cool right so technically i started with nothing right um but then again i'd been teaching for like almost like 13 yeah almost like 13 years uh or 12 years at that time almost right 91, 92, 93. So it's like, okay. But, you know, if you get a black belt that just gets their black belt um, or just gets their second degree, so what is that? Maybe six years minimum? And they open a school with no students. That's going to, it's going to hurt for a little bit. You better get good at eating top ramen. (laughs) You know? Because it's going to be a struggle. You have to market. You have to do all the marketing yourself if you can't afford a marketer. you you got to go out there into the public and do community, 
service demonstrations and, you know, free demos and this and that and the other just to get your name out there. That's what I had to do. Um, yeah, but just think about what it was like back there. There was no social media. There wasn't. Barely was anybody yeah. had a computer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had to, you had to, you know, bust the pavement and give out those cards and brochures and, you know, get doors slammed in your face and stuff like that. You had to do the door hanging. You had, you know, put your card up in the grocery store or restaurant and, you know, word and word of mouth, you know, and that's the time where you, you as a teacher, if you just open a school, you cannot necessarily, notice I say necessarily, teach the same way you were taught so if you were taught in the blood and guts method okay like you were and i were if you were if you were taught in the blood and guts method like we were that's not going to keep very many kids and kids i'm sorry to say are your bread and butter during this yes yes okay at this time Kids are your bread and butter. And if you're going to be blood and guts and screaming down their throat, that ain't a push-up, Johnny. Give me like 10 more push-ups for being a wimp. You know, you're going to get a kid that quits and tells their friends not to come to your school. And you're going to be left with That's only right. the eight people you came in with. And, um, you know, it's, 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 so, it's so hard. And you can't just open a school charging $150 if you don't have a name. Right. If people don't know who you are and you're charging one hundred and fifty dollars, people are going to like quirk a skeptical eye a little bit. So, you know, um, my I guess that's going to be like the next thing that we should talk about, Bob. Okay, and we'll start with you. What advice would you give a new instructor if they want to open up their own dojo? You know, what advice would you give them as far as, you know, teaching, um, running the business, gaining students and stuff like that. What what advice would you give? Uh one, location, 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 find a yes. location for your school. Uh hit up the school district for demonstrations or to teach part time classes in the after in the after school program to try to gain mm-hmm. students that way. Uh mm-hmm. but only do that for a minimal period of time because the parents are gonna look at you and go, Well you're teaching my kid for free. Why should I join your school? Exactly. Exactly. And then leave. Yeah. And then then if the kid really likes it, they'll follow you. Yeah. Uh, Man, watch your money and learn how to eat top ramen up up front because you know I posted something that got shared a lot that said this this uh, uh, truck of 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 ramen noodles spilled on the freeway and caused thirty eight dollars worth of damage. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And you know what? It's, it's it's bad for you. It's got so much sodium in it, but boy, oh boy, you can make all sorts of cool stuff with it. You know, I can make five oh. minutes. I can make five or ten minutes. Ten minutes punts it with it. It's it's Filipino chow mein. You know, give me top ramen, um, you know, just a little bundle of baby bok choy. That's what, $1.69 at the local market. And, <laughs> you know, and a little teeny Oh, my God, thing I... Of, I used to throw hot dogs and hot sauce. <laughs> That's oh what I used to do too. Oh, the uh, what do they call those? Um, um, Vienna Franks, Vienna sausage. Yes. Yeah, I was a I was a heavy Vienna, fried Vienna sausage sandwich person. You know, during that time, I right. struggled. You know, when when me and Cheryl, you know, first opened up our uh, second school together. My first school was karate only. 
and that was just me. But when me and Cheryl opened up our our together school, boy, we ate we ate top ramen until we were blue in the face, man, because we struggled. Yeah, that first three months we gained like a hundred people, but you know it was the rent that killed us. You know, and 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 the uh, the improvement because we had the we had to like take out literally we took out ten tons get that building ready because it, it used to be like a store and a butcher shop so there was all sorts of like refrigerators and walk-in freezers and compressors and all this other junk it was like and and we tore all that junk down by hand and uh i'm still proud of that <laughs> that it only took a month for us to to get the place ready by hand sledgehammers drills and screwdrivers, that was it. <laughs> it was like, oh, my. oh, and skill saw. <laughs> I love skill saws. Anyway, um, that's great advice, man. I mean, you know, I think every new instructor should should uh, think really hard about that because I know what it's like. Bob knows what it's like. You're going to go out there and you're going to open a new dojo and you are so excited. You are so stoked. You are ready to, like, conquer the world being being a teacher, but you know, you do have to think about the real world stuff like, Oh, I don't know, overhead <laughs> budgeting, you know, that kind of thing. So that's wonderful advice. Um, that's great advice. Oh yeah, and uh, you have to figure all that out because you have to figure out how many students are you going to need to make your monthly payment for everything? Yeah. Yeah. And then how many more students are you gonna need to be able to eat? Exactly. Exactly and cover your own bills. Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, and, and don't forget, folks, that you have to also figure in for for every person that signs up for like, let's say if they promise to sign up for like three times a week. Right. How long are they going to be signing up for three times a week? Right. And you also got to think, should I do month to month in-house or should I do contracts that are handled outside of your uh, outside of your uh, business? Those are decisions you have to make depending on where you are, what kind of clientele you have. Um, you know, are you going to do the bookkeeping yourself or are you going to hire out? Are you going to take the money yourself or are you going to do automatic debit? I mean, you know, you got to think about all this kind of stuff and have it in place yeah. when you open um, or at least, you know, let your new students know, hey, you know, we're new. We take cash, ch- cash or check only right now, blah, blah, blah. And then continue to make improvements as you go. Um, and uh, and that's kind of segueing into what I wanted to talk to regarding improvement. Always make sure that you continue to improve as you go. Not only the way you run your business, but but your your knowledge as well. You know, a lot of a lot of people start teaching and then they forget to train. They forget to go to their own classes under their own teachers, and and they and they just forget to do that. And you know, after a while of doing that, you know, there comes a point where you will go stagnant. You know, literally, you will, in a sense, run out of stuff to teach in a way. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that you're really going to run out of stuff to teach, but, you know, it's, 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 things are going to start to get old if you don't find new ideas from your teachers or if you don't go out and, and talk to other martial arts school owners. That is training also. You don't have to go to their class, you know, talk to them, you know, make your network. Um, and that's, that's just 
one piece of advice. Another piece of advice is, you know, if you open, um, if you're new and you don't have a name like, you know, your own master or something like that, like if, if, if you're not as well known, um, you know, do make sure that you don't, don't tout yourself as being a name when you open quite yet. Um, literally, the community has to recognize you in order to give you a legitimate standing in the community. You know, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know how many 24-year-old grandmasters I've seen? Oh, my God, yeah, exactly. You have to call me grandmaster. Excuse me? <coughs> I'm old enough to be your mom. What? That's <laughs> right, and I've been training long. I've been training before you were born, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, my God, you know, I, I did go to – one place where I went to a party it was a wedding actually and I was talking to one of my students who was the groom and uh, this guy just came out of nowhere you know with his you know little plastic cup drink and he's like oh I hear you guys talking about martial arts do you study I went yeah I've studied and that's all I left it at because you know the second you say I teach people are going to start yammering right so I'm right, like, yeah, right. well, what do you, well, what do you study? Oh, well, I studied Kajikembo, Tai Chi, Kudo, Dosipares, Pangamut, Qigong, uh, you know, and he's like, wow, you know, you've just been flitting around, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can get around a little. And uh, he started saying, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a grandmaster and I don't know what it was. It was some made up shit. Because uh, it was something okay. that I I couldn't I, I I I for the life of me I can't remember what he what he said I know it was something like dough. It sounded like subak dough, but subak dough is is a legitimate art. But it sounded something like that, you know. Um, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, well, Matt, oh, that's Grandmaster. And I'm like, oh, really? And my my student, he just kind of like turned around and walked away, <laughs> and I was like. Leave me here all by myself. Thanks, man. Oh, God. You know, and I'm just like, really? Really? How old are you? You know, he couldn't have been more than 30. Right? And I was just oh, like, oh. I'm like, that's Grandmaster oh. to you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Grandmaster Matt, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to cry over my belt because I am not worthy to be in your presence. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow. Oh, my God. Okay. I want to remind our So, something just happened that, that I, I'm feeling oh. old right now. i got to tell you, my knees just posted something on Facebook. Right. Now, okay. when, I, when I got married 30 years ago, my sister-in-law was pregnant, right? Uh-huh. Well, my niece that she was pregnant with, is at a wedding expo because she's getting married in December. Your niece? Wow. My niece that my sister-in-law was pregnant with at my wedding. Wow. And wow. another thing that hit home, since you know I celebrated my 30th anniversary last Monday, mm-hmm. my flower girl at my wedding is turning 36 next month. Whoa. Doesn't that put like a, doesn't that make you ponder your mortality a little bit? <laughs> it does. Yeah. 
Oh it does, and it sucks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, let's move on. All right, enough of that. Um, okay. Yeah, let's move on to a different subject because we could talk about that all day. But, you know, if, if oh, anybody yeah. else out there wants to give us a call and talk about that still, our phone number is 347-677-0699. Okay. <sighs> let's, uh, let's talk about this real quick. Um, this, uh, this was suggested by a Facebook friend of mine, Pete Gamble. He asks, should self-defense training be part of every school curriculum? And if so, at what age? What do you think, Bob? Well, you know, I've never been into teaching kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything below, below 10. Okay. I can, they're, they're, they're really, they're starting to get coordinated and so forth about 10 for me, but I know you teach real little ones about four. Yeah, I actually teach them so how to forth. coordinate themselves. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't. I mean, there are people that want to teach older because they already have coordination. It makes it easier. Right, exactly. But That's me. I make, I, I'm one of those people that prefer to teach them coordination right off the bat. Um, right. Well, you know, I mean, but you know what? I find, well, I find it so funny that you've been teaching for so long. And after your little ones go to the bathroom after class, you still walk into the class with bare feet, into the bathroom you know, with bare feet. Yeah, you know, it never fails. What is wrong with you? I know, right? It never fails. Every time I go in there, I go in there with bare feet, and I just never think. Maybe I just have this this faith that, oh, well, maybe maybe Timmy actually got it into the bowl today. No, no. I always Step in me, you know. I mean, what is this, like your first day? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You would think. But boy, I tell you what, there's a pair of flip-flops just inside the door, and I put those flip-flops on every damn time. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Anyhow. But, but no, when it comes to the kids, I think a good age is maybe 10, maybe 12, uh-huh. Uh uh, to start in in school as a curriculum, and I truly believe that, that should be there because what that's going to do is it's going to extend into their normal school activities, and right. once they gain the confidence, bullying's going to go away. Right, right, right. I, I I sort of agree with you there. I was thinking between eight to ten, if it were to be okay. part of a regular curriculum, you know, like in like either in lieu of PE you know, or as an elective to PE. Um, because like kindergartners, first grade, second grade, you know, they're still learning social skills. They're still learning etiquette. Um, they're still learning, they're still learning life skills at that point. And I think, right. you know, for in school, right? I, I think it's important that if you're in school, that you learn these life skills through your teachers, through your peers, through your classes and stuff like that, because, you know, that's the real world, right? However, if you do manage to get your kids into a real martial arts school younger than that, then all the power to you, then they're getting, you know, double the benefit. However, if it's just in school, I think that kids should wait until at least eight be, you know, to allow for that time for the the, the skills training um, in school. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's funny though, because it's like, you know, um, some people on Marshall talk, um, you know, have said that, you know, in many places in Asia, in Asia, it's part of their school day. Like when I was in China, 
a bell would ring and like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids would run out to this huge courtyard and they would do wushu. And then another bell would ring about like 20 minutes later and then everyone would scamper like little roaches and quietly even. All you heard was feet. And then they'd be in class. And I'd be, and I'd be like, that's discipline right there, you know. Um, however, you know, some some people here on Marshall Talk, this is one, one forum conversation. Um, one uh, forum member says, I suspect it would have benefits in school, but I sincerely doubt it would happen in public schools in the USA. Those days are long gone. He says, when I was a lad, there was a 22 caliber rifle range in the basement of my grade school where marksmanship was taught. It was no longer used, and that was in the 1960s. I don't know when it had been last used. The school was built in the early 1900s. Now, he goes on to say, we've gotten to a point where competitive sports are no longer seen as acceptable for in-school physical education here in the United States. Not talking about extracurricular activities such as organized sports or, you know, out-of-school martial arts classes. Martial arts training inherently teaches ways to not just defend oneself, but to also inflict pain and perhaps injury on others. It would only take one bully applying what he had been taught on a smaller child, and that would be the end of that. Likewise, martial arts training often involves routine injuries. Parents in general are intolerant of their child being injured in any way, shape, or form. Frankly, he says, we've become a nation of wussies. We don't want our children exposed to competition, being told they're not winners, or risk of injury of any sort. We're being a pack of crybaby, anti-competitive navel gazers, destroying our children with nonsensical arguments like, well, everybody's a winner, and competition is bad. Self-defense is not allowed. Call the police instead. We've lost our spirit and we've lost our way. Wow, that was that was uh, an interesting and cool post by that forum member. Um, now, some other people have said that some martial arts are already being taught in public schools, boxing, wrestling, archery, and fencing. However, like what we were talking about in the green room, archery was only like a one-week course in my PE class. One week. Okay, we had no wrestling. We had no boxing. We had no fencing. There's probably more of that now. But back then, it was pretty much volleyball, soccer, kickball, archery, um, uh, parachute exercises, um, and, and, and team games like that, you know, relay races and stuff. Um, there was, you know, there was nothing like martial arts. Um, now, I teach at a private school, and I am their PE teacher. I am their martial arts instructor. That's their PE. But, you know, at the same token, I act as their counselor and their teacher as well for life skills. And, you know, I don't know why more schools are not employing the same thing that Morningside Academy does, because there have been studies that show that physical activity um, – the, the organized physical activity that has a purpose, not just a win or lose purpose, but that has a purpose that makes you think and use uh, problem-solving skills and logical skills and critical thinking, makes the rest of the school day a more productive one than if you just did PE and did win or lose games. Um, there's been studies on this. I don't see why more schools aren't doing this. It just behooves me. So do we think that 
do me and Bob think that it should be a part of the school curriculum? Yes, um, at a certain age. Um, so thank you so much, Pete Gamble, for for bringing that topic up for discussion there. I, I love it. So let's continue the discussion on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page if you'd like, and I'll uh, I'll uh, put the subjects up on there so we can discuss it more. Um, now in the last uh, minutes of our <clears throat> last section of our show here, I do want to bring up another one. Uh, oh. This subject um, is, oh, where's my notes? Here we go. Oh, here we go. Why do some people think that some arts are too soft for fighting? And while we're at it, why do some people automatically assume that anything other than kick your ass to the ground or MMA type stuff is crap? Why do people think that anything other than those kick ass sport, uh, sport martial arts are crap? Um, I'd really like to get everybody's take on this. Okay, now. Um, I've had people say to me, like, I remember when I first started studying Kung Fu, you know, um, a karate person said to me, Kung Fu, why are you learning that soft crap? You can't defend yourself with that. It's too soft. And I'm like, oh, really? Punch me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Really? Oh, look, a circle is just part of a line. It's just a really big circle. You can't punch, really, without spiraling. You, You can't. And I tried to explain it to to this person, um, and or you know you can't kick someone effectively without some type of an arc, you know. So you know, I so I tried to explain it to this person, and, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, y'all stick with karate, you know that kung fu shit. It's no good. It's not gonna teach you how to de- defend yourself, you know." And I'm like, "Well, neither is just kata either, but you know." <laughs> you have to know how to apply it. So, you know, I kind of want to I kind of want to get your take, Bob, on, on why why do some people think that some arts are just too soft and why is it that people these days just think that MMA is the shit? It's the neatest thing since sliced bread. What well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, one is they're ignorant. They don't know because <laughs> they never experienced it. Right. I I I you do know my filter is just Absolutely flat out doesn't work anymore, right? Right, right, right. My my filter okay, like went away today. Also, just a little, <laughs> just a just, little. Just a little. But you're the one who accused me in line because my filter's gone. Yeah, <laughs> I get the gone. I get the eye roll. I'm already getting the eye roll about my seven week old granddaughter. <laughs> I feel like every woman in my life, you, my wife, the girls at work, they're in my granddaughter. <laughs> so oh, I'm in the eye roll and tongue sticking out. Oh yeah, oh she's great. Uh, so they're okay. ignorant. Not, not ignorance does not mean stupid. Exactly. Ignorance folks. means not uh, unknowing. Yeah, they're un- just uninformed. Yeah, uninformed. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the MMA is out there so much. MMA to me is brawling. That's all it is. There's no art form. I'm sorry to the MMA guys. That's how I feel. It's just a big old brawl. Uh, a brawl. What, what like in uh, Toy Story? He he was falling with style. That's all MMA is. Yeah, a brawl yeah. with style. <laughs> That's all it is to me. Uh, can't can't wait for the MMA guys to like start calling it. <laughs> I know. Now no, now I'm screwed. Uh, yeah. I'll blame it on you. But, no. <laughs> you know, they're on TV. They're, they've been over 160 
episodes or however many they're up to, 350, I don't know. Uh, how many times have you seen combative Tai Chi in the public eye shown on TV? You don't, really. You That's know, you right. You see it on YouTube and you don't see it. And, you know, it's like, folks, okay, uh, I'm going to talk to the folks for just one second here. We'll get back to you. If you see Tai Chi Sancho, competitive fighting, you would think, wow, that's a different style of MMA. Who do they who do they train under? Huh, that's interesting. You know, um, you would you would swear it's just a different type of MMA. It's Tai Chi, <laughs> and that's part of your training. That is part of your training. It's not just oh, let's let's do slow movement and and just kind of wave our hands around like you know artsy fartsy people. No, you know you got to show that you understand these these principles. By fighting, and then no one's fighting slow. People are, you got the headgear, you got the gloves, you got the foot pads, no shin gear. You know, I guess the foot pads are, are optional. And you're like, you know, you're going to beat the mess out of each other. And if, if you get knocked out, you know, you need to work more, you know. But they use the they use the sparring um, as an agreed-to way of testing their skill. You never start off like that. And I think that's why a lot of people think it's soft, that Kung Fu is soft, uh, is because, you know, a lot of the videos that they see are people doing non-contact stuff like push hands or demonstrative stuff. You know, they're not really out there fighting. Um, But, you know, I guarantee, you know, anyone that thinks that Tai Chi is too soft, get in a ring with a Tai Chi Sancho person, then tell me how soft they hit. Anyway, there's my challenge for the day. <laughs> but go on, <laughs> go on, Bob. Oh man, because you know, boy, stuff like that pisses me off, man. When people go, this art sucks, that art sucks. You know, um, it's too soft. Let's go back to the traditional kick-ass type thing. You know, and I've had to correct people. Traditional, like let's just take karate. Traditional sparring, like ipon kumite, nihon kumite, sanbon kumite, stuff like that. We're meant to teach basics or kihon, your lines of attack, your stability of stance, and your flow and technique. You didn't just get thrown into a full contact kumite match when you were a you know a two day white belt. You just didn't do it. It was never like that. You know, even the old masters trained that way in karate. You started out with ipon kumite. And then went to Nihon, Sambon, Yondong, Yambon Kumite. I forgot what fourth is in, in Japanese. It's not Yon. But anyway, um, you, you had to work up to that. Okay? And half the people that say, you know, you have to practice, you know, full board from the get-go, you know, are either people that never got a black belt or got their black belt and quit soon after. Um, you know, still new, like three years new into it, right? And it's just like, please, folks, you got to start somewhere. Anyway, back to you, Bob. Ah. Listen <laughs> 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 to you. Jesus, that's true. And most of it is an ignorance on the arts themselves. Exactly. All they see is MMA. Greg Woldrich traveled to. Uh, uh, Asia, all around, got to got to train with uh, the late Kikoi Kenyette. Mm-hmm. He gets back here, 
first question out of their mouth when he told them what they were, I think he was talking about bank teller. Oh, I just got back from uh, Asia. I was studying martial arts over there. How's their MMA? First question. Yeah. Yeah. And he had no clue on, he didn't study MMA at all. And there is no such thing over there. That's an American thing. Yeah. I mean, in the Philippines, they do have. Yeah. Well, in the Philippines, they do have MMA stables over there, but they're few. In Cebu, there is, in Cebu itself, there is none. You know, you've got karate and you've got escrima. And there's only like three places really where you've got the real deal. You've got, you know, the Balintawak. And then you've got Doce Pares, the original Doce Pares, and you've got Kakoe Doce Pares. And that that is what takes over Cebu. You know, if you were gonna, you know, learn anything else like Tai Chi or whatever, there were small groups, you know, in schools and stuff. Um no MMA school that I know of, you know. Um, or you know, uh I think there's uh, a few um Thai boxing stables over there, but not MMA MMA the way we know it. Um, right. And it's you're right. I think people just, you know, some people, not all, you know, keep in mind, we're not talking about all people. All people just see MMA um, um, and go, oh, that's kick ass. And, you know, nothing else will work. Well, I'm sorry. The last I checked, MMA, competitive MMA has rules. You can't kick to the groin. You can't. Uh, you What else can you can't poke eyes? You can't. What else can't you do? Um there's a whole bunch of rules you have to follow in the street. Ain't no rules, you know, traditional martial arts. Yes. will teach no rules. Okay. Right. Right. You know, if a karate guy, you know, decides he wants to grab your hair and pull it into his knee, he can do that. If he decides he wants to stick his thumb in your eye and fish hook your mouth while he's at it, He's entitled to do that because it's taught in taught in his kata and he's taught the bunkai, the application of it. Okay, just because you don't see them in the fancy shorts and the tap out gear and shit doesn't mean that it's ineffective. Okay, um, now one person said, you know, go back to the traditional real stuff rather than the soft stuff today. Um, I have to ask these people: Do you really know what traditional is? If you think traditional is soft. You didn't study in the right place. Or you've got like a romanticized version of what traditional arts are. Um, anyway, <laughs> anything you want to add to that, Bob? No, I think you pretty much covered it. Damn. They, do, it, have no, they have no clue that tradition it, it, was life or death. It's and, it's and it's sad, you know, that people – you know, forget that or have like these rose colored glasses about what martial arts should be. Right. I mean, you know, a lot of people forget that the MMA that we know in modern times, all of its techniques have its roots in the traditional martial arts. They just got improved upon starting with the Gracie's and all, you know, and I'm all for that. I'm all for evolving. I'm all for evolving, but you know, to, to say that something that hasn't changed in 400 years that is traditional is less than something that is evolving. It's, it's the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, you have to give, you have to give it that, that uh, credit where credit is due and um, come on. And, 
and it goes the other way around, everybody. Me and Bob will both agree on this. Sometimes the traditionalists will get too gung-ho about, you know, tradition that they will not accept evolving in the martial arts. They won't, they won't accept MMA as an evolvement of the tradition. They won't accept, uh, you know, I don't know any, I don't know of any other modern arts nowadays, but you know, they just won't accept it. And, uh, I don't know. I, I personally, I'm all for evolving, evolving, you know, from where you were. I mean, you know, isn't that what Bruce Lee touted? You know, don't get stuck there. Evolve from it. Um, exactly. So, anyhow. Well, folks, we're getting close to the end of our 90-minute discussion on these discussion topics. We we also had another discussion topic uh, that we wanted to get into. Uh, why do people think that just because they're a martial artist that they will automatically be hired as a Hollywood stuntman or action actor. Well, we have about three minutes. Let's see if we can go through this. (laughs) I've met a lot of people like that. I've met some people that will watch like professional wrestling religiously and know everything about all the players and the backstories and stuff like that. I was one of those people. My dad was a wrestling fanatic, and I used to watch wrestling with him, and I used to go to the wrestling matches with him, and they were fun. It was fun to, like, let out some aggression and, like, talk mess about the people you hated and just watch people throw each other around. But we knew it was fake. We knew it was it was wrestling entertainment, right? Um, but – these same people, just because they watched it so many times and technically could do the technique in their head, they thought, when I grow up, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. They don't know that you have to go through, like, tons of being thrown and you have to go through the, you know, pecking order and the selection process and auditioning. You can't just automatically go, I know how to suplex somebody and become the next masked marauder. <laughs> you know, wrestling <laughs> right? like that. But I meet those kind of people also in the martial arts where they go, oh, I'm really great at doing my aerial cartwheels. I think I'd be a great stunt person. Uh, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't because your ego is that high. You're going to want to, like, take over the – you're going to want to be the talent. You're going to be the one recognized, you know, not the actor. Stuntmen are supposed to be stuntmen. That's it. Not the movie star. But these people go into doing stunts thinking that they're going to be a star. And it's like, I don't understand why some martial artists think that. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Why do they think that? Well, I, you I know, know. They, 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 they see the people that have that do do their own stunts. But yep. they're few and far between. I, <laughs> Jackie Chan, the ultimate stuntman, does all his own stunts. Chris Tucker on the Jay Leno show said, Jackie was talking me into doing my own stunts when we have stunt doubles. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, Michael J. Fox did all his own stunts because he wow. wanted to. Nobody was going to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Reynolds did all his own stunts. Mm-hmm. But they're not that crazy anymore. They want to save the actors. I mean, I yeah. see Michael J. Fox in, in one of the, the Back of the Futures getting drugged by a horse. Yes, that was really him. Wow. And he had a that chance of know. ripping his skin right off his face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it makes 
makes sense that he would do that. He, you know, he seemed like that kind of person back then. Like, yeah, I'll do it. He wanted that experience, but you know, but you know, some martial artists today, they, you know, I, I had this great conversation with John Krang, uh, yesterday on Facebook. Um, and for those of you that don't know, John Krang, um, is a, an accomplished stunt person, producer, director, author, you name it. Um, and he's, he's been, you know, on the in and outs, you know, in Hollywood and knows about the film business and the stunt business for years and years and years and years. So we had this discussion on Facebook about, you know, how people come to him saying they're such a great martial artist and this and that and the other and trying to weasel their way into a film. Uh, you know, some people will even lie and say, Hey, you know, I've got like a, you know, six degree black belt whatever in Wing Chun or something like that and he'll say oh who's your teacher and start grilling them for information and then he he never hears from them again and these people he says just think that just because they're all that and they have like you know a dozen loyal followers that there's going to be like you know 12 million people that will that will fawn over them because they're a movie star and that's not how it works he says um you know, not That's in, right. not and, in the and, film business. And the thing yeah. is, Rusty, they don't realize John Crane is also an accomplished martial artist, as well as yes. a comedian and a stunt coordinator. Yeah, exactly. he he has a bullshit meter that is a mile long. Exactly, and he was telling me about stuff like that, and I was just cracking up, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I don't know how many people I've met like that." Um, and but as far as the stuntman thing. Um, I taught for the uh, USA Stuntmen's Association for about four years. I taught fighting for film. And I tell you what, you know, we had martial artists in there. And they, let's just say that not all the martial artists were as skilled as they think they were. Because fighting for film is a whole heck of a lot different than fighting for real. I swear to God, you hit the talent, you're fired fired if you miss your mark you're you know you're you're not going to get any work you know you don't know where the cameras are you're not going to get any work you got to play for the camera um and it's it's just so hard it's just so hard i mean some people can't even like fall downstairs correctly so you know just because you sign up for a stuntman class doesn't necessarily mean you'll get work and once you do graduate you have to pound the pavement to find that work. And half that work for a while is going to be free. Anyway, so thanks to John Crane, Crang for uh, bringing that up. Well, that's our show for today. If you've got any other questions or suggestions for guests, folks, uh, leave it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page or email dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com. Well, this is Rusty and Bob. Thank you, Bob. For, uh, yes, thank you. And I, I don't. And now, taking into consideration, we had nothing planned for today, and we made it the full two hours just talking. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We just kind of bounce off of each other, and then we go from there. See, that's how it works. Anyway, that is. <laughs> we will see everyone next week. Everyone have a great week. Bye bye now. <laughs>